What's up, you guys? It's Jalen Gasper, E-Squared, the podcast educating and entertaining, and we have a very special episode for you guys today. But before we even get to that, you know I gotta toss it to my man, my right hand, Lat. You wasn't even gonna let me come up with something, bro? I think so, friend, because we actually have a relatively serious episode today, so let's cut all the chit-chat and foolishness, friend. (laughs) I'm just joking. But uh, yes, yeah, Andre Flax from Flax and Jackson, and I am. <laughs> but uh, we have two special guests here for today: uh, our friend Javon back from school, and our wonderful friend Jay. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves real quick? Ladies first. Um, I'm Jade, and I just be chilling. I be acting. For sure. Oh, that's it. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm Javon. Uh, I'm also uh, uh, an actor. So Jade and I, like, you know. Be acting together. We be acting. We be on the stage acting, <laughs> macking, that. Crackin' lacking and crackin flexing lackin'. Yeah. with Andre Ooh. eating cracklings because he's Muslim. What you thought I wasn't going to insert it in that's there, bro? Yeah, Get don't ahead. even question it because that's the thing. Yeah, don't even question it. All right. So yeah, man. So, <laughs> but today's episode is a very important <laughs> episode. Like Andre was saying, this episode we're gonna take the time out to talk about mental health you know, mental illnesses and, you know, how we are affected by them every day and just our perception, how has our perception has changed over time when dealing with mental illnesses. But, and before we even discuss the, um, like, topic questions about mental health, um, I just want to let you guys, since you guys are the host for today, give a quick brief story, you know, you don't have to tell the podcast about your life, but just, you know, if you've dealt with mental illnesses, you know, how do you deal with them and, you know, how do you work through them? Um, uh, first of all, thank you guys for having us again. Um, mental health is definitely a, a topic I'm, you know, very well versed in due to my own personal experiences. Uh, shortly after my grandmother passing, I was diagnosed with chronic depression. So after that, it uh, those steps after being diagnosed, you kind of have to force yourself into this uh, this way of okay, I have to recover now. I have to find my happiness. I have to find things that are going to, you know, reroute me into a different, you know, uh, perspective. And um, that's one of the things that I feel that could be a blessing in disguise is just having to kind of just force yourself to realize that there's a lot of power in perspective and the way that you just you view things and you see things on an everyday basis and just realizing that, you know, you don't have to put your energy towards things that it's not worth. You don't, you know, you're not forced and are obligated to put yourself into toxic situations and you actually yes. have the power to control those situations from even happening. So it just kind of just forced me personally to realize through that time of being so weak how actually strong I am. So, yeah. Um, Javon? Um, a lot of that was beautiful, by the way. Thank, thank you. So power and perception. I like that. Perspective. I like yeah, that. power and your perspective. Um, a lot of my experience with, with my own mental health, health came from feelings of inadequacy, you know, not being enough um, and feeling like I had to always compete with someone else for basic human interaction or emotion, like being loved or, or cared for or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, in, in, the, in the industry, you're constantly being told no when you go on auditions or you're constantly um, thinking about booking this show you know and, and art is 
very, uh, what's the word? Some people are going to like it, some people are not. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always Controversial. That, yeah. So it's always that, um, do people like me type of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, the need for validation. Right. And then that, that also came from a, a bit of things I, ex- I experienced within my, my family, within the home. You know, wanting to be validated by uh, members of my family. Um, I found that journaling specifically helps me. Uh, a lot of my my piece comes from putting it in like play form. You know, creating these characters that have life ex- that share my life experience. You know, and putting what I feel onto someone, not onto someone else, but sharing it with someone else. Uh, sometimes I'll get up in the morning and, <clears throat> in fact, one of, my, one of my acting professors from school, Nadine Mozan, suggested this to me. She was like, get up in the morning and just free write. Don't take the, the pen up off the page, just go. And whatever pops into your head, write it. No punctuation, just write. Just go, 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 go. And I get up in the morning and I do that, and that helps me, you know, because it's, it's one thing just to, to just get all of what's up here in your head just out on a page so it can live somewhere else because it gets crowded up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it gets congested. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's worse than Houston traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's how I, I deal with certain mental issues as it relates to, to me. You know, I just I get, hand me a piece of paper, hand me a pen, I'll be all right. I'll write it. I'll write it. Well, uh, I, before we get really started, since you know you two guys have something in common, which is y'all be acting, I'd like yes. to know, you know, what your experience in the arts and you know performing. Do you feel like that has given you uh, a better understanding of your emotions and a way to deal with things like this? Oh yeah, because you know, not everybody uh, is as in tune, you know, with their emotional spectrum and being sympathetic, empathetic, and things like that. Do you feel like your uh, career choice has helped you? deal with your problem definitely it gave me you know and like uh art is to a lot of fellow artists that i knew do know it just gave one gave me an outlet it gave me a place to go i look at the stage as my safe Safe space you know what i'm saying so with that you know but and you also just have to understand with being an actor we both know that uh you're 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 putting yourself into somebody else so you can't be somebody else if you don't necessarily know yourself yeah. because it can mentally conflict you. Yeah. And that's the type of things that have happened to very great actors and actresses. Heath Ledger, for example, he got into that character and was never able to get out mentally because it was just so much to take in at that time. So I, I definitely feel like acting has just given me you know, more of a, a reason to want to know who I am and solidify my emotions before I get on the stage and get a script and try to tell somebody else story. Right. Um, just here recently, in the, the past two semesters of my, my college experience, uh, I Am Enough has been a, run, a running theme in all of my acting classes. <clears throat> and even um, in, in Zoo's Earth, the play that I finished uh, in March, my director was like, don't try to add anything to what you do. Just trust the fact that what you present, because it came from you, is enough. You are enough. Your experience is valid. What you think is valid. Your decisions and your instinct is valid. You know, so I was like, 
All right. Small things, you know, not only am I enough as an artist in this particular situation on stage right now making these particular decisions, mm -hmm. I'm enough as a human being completely, exactly, yeah. you know, because my, my, my experience is valid, what I feel is valid, what I think is valid, mm -hmm. because I am a human and I have emotions, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, hearing you guys talk, two words really stick out to me. And that's um, validation, self-validation, self-validation and perception. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I because I, I'm hearing you guys say those words a lot. Mm -hmm. How how important is that, and how do they correlate with each other? Your your self-validation and your perception. How do they correlate, and how can they affect how you view the world? I mean, I, they correlate in so many ways that it's just so hard to answer like, that question. Like, boom. right, like, pew, 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 pew. But it's like, it's a 22. But uh, the <laughs> fact that <laughs> you even look for self-validation, you have to understand why. You ask yourself, who is this mattering to? Yeah. Why do they matter? You know what I'm saying, and and prior to even in seeking self, prior to seeking validation from people, you have to understand that these individuals and these people are judging you based on life decisions in a life that they have not lived. Yeah. So they don't even see through your perception. They don't even see through your eyes. So you're giving the power of judgment. You're giving the power of somebody that doesn't live your life, does not walk through your shoes, and does not. Think with the same brain as you, don't love with the same heart as you, don't worship with the same soul as you. You giving this individual all of your power of happiness in that moment. So, so basically, if you don't have self validation, you're open to be, uh, you're open to be trapped in somebody else's perception. Yeah, definitely. If you, if you are, if you spend your life always looking for someone else to give you the green light or the okay. If you spend your life running after someone else's validation, you're going to be running for the rest of your life. Yeah. And running is a hard thing yeah, to do. Yeah, tiring. Okay? Which is why I don't do it at all. <laughs> um, like physically, like at all. I don't run. Um, but, yeah, if, if you are that, that person that, that wants what you believe about yourself to come from somebody else, you're waiting yeah. for an accident to happen. You know, because people, the way that you per, you're perceived, or other people's perception in general, even our perceptions, they come from what we've experienced in life. You know, if if I've experienced a lot of bad in my life, it's a very slim chance that my perception on anything is going to be positive. Yeah. You know, so who's to say that this 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 person who doesn't really see in a positive perception runs into you who's seeking validation from other people and they see you in a negative way. You can't you can't look at that perception and be like, well I must be this because they look at me in a certain way. Exactly. No. That's a scary that's, thing. That's their life experience. So you have to take people's opinions of you with a grain of salt and keep taking. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. yeah, it's a scary thing to find yourself seeking validation from people for so long because when you, you when you're doing that seeking validation is I'm gonna do whatever I want I can to make sure that they are okay with how I am how I act how I how move how maneuver through life yeah. give me your approval yes your approval. please but with so many people in this world you don't know what you'd end up having to do to get that yeah. 
people end up putting themselves in the and having themselves in the worst situations ever all for self for not self validation but validations from Someone other else. people that's why validation is just for parking ah. that's why it's just for parking <laughs> it's not for people boo no. because you're going to end up running yourself raggedy no trying to please everybody around you and meanwhile everybody please because you being the ju- jack of all trades with your personality but you're dead inside you're crying every night because you don't have no peace yep. these, these are some really great algorithms to where you know uh, where we can you know kind of eliminate all the distractions in life that we see but you know you know due to like uh, all the distractions that we have it's hard to see that and it's hard for us to just you know come up with these assumptions on our own because we just have you know distractions like social media or just personal ills we face in our life and so one of my first questions that I I really want to ask you guys concerning mental health awareness do you feel that the government helps mental health awareness or hinders its growth like in the government on all levels, um, like I'm talking about the, uh, from the public education system to, you know, the government uh, taking funds from plan, plan, uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, do you guys feel like it hinders it, hinders the growth of uh, mental health awareness? I definitely feel as though it, uh, it in, in a lot of ways, the government can hinder the uh, process of and the healing of mental health and mental illness due to uh, small scale things like people, mental health is not discussed in school. In high school and public schools, these type of things are not discussed. Yeah. And if they are discussed, it's, ac- it's after somebody has already shot up a school. Or, or done bodily harm. It's, yeah, it's, it's or after yeah. they've committed suicide on Facebook Live. Yeah, after the fact. After these now, people now have reached their point. After <clears throat> these individuals, these children, Yeah have reached their limit and it's just insane to me how these children can get to that point of suicide and battle so many thoughts when they're around so many adults throughout the day you're at school for eight hours a day you're around adults for eight hours a day and nobody can tell the difference in your behavior nobody is in that school trained enough to, to notice yeah. or is it that the teachers are not allowed due to other things to focus on those manners Brand what's example, more important counselors in school what's Brand more important example. passing these state exams or making sure kids are not going into Wellness. life suicidal yeah. Not graduating, you know, Opus. from high school and with three months of summer. Like no, yeah, no, you got no three months to become an adult for college. Yeah, you guys are telling the truth. Is is negligence? Yeah, you know, there, it, it, there's yeah. just a, a a big system built around us that's supposed to protect and educate us, but it's not educating us on the proper things. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to bet, you know, you go to school and you're around all these adults who do not pay attention to you, but you go home, you turn the TV on, and there's an ad for a pill that'll fix all your problems. Mm-hmm. There's an ad for yeah, a that, prescription that, that, that you tobacco get, that'll probably yeah. make you sicker than you previously were, yeah. but it's supposed to fix your depression. Uh, the government spends more time making money for itself and other corporations like this. The, I feel personally the terrible... Uh, amount of drugs, prescription drugs that are being funneled into not just kids but adults, you know, young citizens. adults, it, exactly. Oh and they're we're doing nothing but drugging people, but we're not actually Helping getting to the exact. That is, 100% you know, you're, correct. you're taking care of the symptom, but you're not getting the root of it, mm-hmm. which is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Like I, this this is something that my mom and I always talk about. 
uh, which is why I'm like really so adamant about you know counselors in school. What is the counselor's job? To counsel. Okay. It's <laughs> not to to be bombarded with having to input grades all day long, or run to this meeting, go run to that. You're talking about, you know, we're talking about the, the public education system or that the education system across the board. These are young people at a very fragile time mm-hmm. period in their in their lives. Like you have emotions, you have yeah. brains that are developing. Hormones. Yeah. Hormones. Yeah. Like, come on. And what do you do with fragile things? You handle them with care. Yeah. Like, like, like school should be and not not comparing, you know, teenagers and these middle schoolers and, and such to like babies, but school should almost be an incubator. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, these are these are babies that are killing themselves. Yeah, it, it ba- seems barely, like it's getting younger yeah, and younger. Barely getting barely getting old, past what their twenties. What is it? What is what, what went wrong? Yeah, what you went, know, and and what went wrong to where nobody around you could help you. And, and, assist you and in you know what's, what's the, the, the hurting aspect of, in that too you said like no one around noticed and was able to help what's really saddening is the teachers are people who are at least twice as old as these kids so that tells me that you've walked through this age or this, this time period in their lives you've been through the adolescence and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you're human just mm-hmm. like me You've experienced some things. You didn't pick up on anything. Yeah. On yeah. anything. That that's that's like saying, I got promoted at my job, and the person who came in to take like to take my place, something goes wrong in their office, and mm-hmm. I just walk past like I don't know what's happening. No, and doggone well, I know exactly how to go in and fix the problem. Cause yeah. that was my old job before I got promoted. Absolutely. Basically, I've been through that before. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's that's what we need wisdom for. That's yeah. what kids need wisdom for. And then, but and then the the other side of that coin, the flip side of that coin, is that mental health is something that that that's not talked about. It's taboo. Yeah, it's it's taboo. So so half the people who have had to like cipher through it and go through it, and the fortunate few that make it out, having to go through it alone, are kind of like. Do I talk about this? And yeah, tell exactly. I was just about to say that. Like, and, and it only comes anything? from how many of these teachers and how many of my teachers have I had have have dealt with mental health. Mm-hmm. M- mental health. I don't even know how many teachers I've mm-hmm. had that had to deal with depression, you know, on their own. Because depression knows no age. Nope. And it, it, it comes back. You know, you have, you know, situations where your depression will overwhelm you. So throughout our own teachers dealing with mental health as well, how, you know, how do you help kids combat it? If we don't even, you know, care about our teachers yeah. enough. Exactly. Help them. I know. We, talk, we don't even want to pay yeah. our teachers enough. What you mean by the stigma? Uh, Just, uh, I feel like it's, it's underplayed, you know, with you're talking about the, the generational gap whereas there's older people who have possibly been through the same thing these young kids doing well this is a completely different ball game now it's different now more kids are allowed to be in tune with their emotions than the previous generations mm, that's were. true we're living in an age it's not really our fault but we're we're sheltered we're a bit pampered compared to having to live 
you know, to survive, let's say, just 100 years ago. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. were, were raised in an age where we're allowed to be more in tune with ourselves than things around us. And, and you, you uh, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm just saying a, a lot of older people may not have the ability to connect with that as easily. Where uh, I'm willing to bet a lot of older people are depressed now or have mental health problems now, no. but they yes. deal with yes. it completely yes. different, different than we do. You know, people who are alcoholics or people who don't speak a lot. You know, you, yeah. you may say mm. your dad was hard, he was strong, but it's because he's broken yeah. from oh. things he previously dealt Come with. On, but you think that he's strong just because he doesn't speak or he, be, you know, he works his nine to five, but he doesn't talk to his family, he doesn't open up. You think that's strong, but that it's man's broken. And it kind of deals the question of, you know, when you when we try to compare and contrast. Our view, our perspective of mental illness and, you know, our perspective of, of things like depression and the perspective from our earlier generations, like the baby boomers. Like, how, how do you think the baby boomers thought versus us? And I want to play a little game. I, I want to do, like, you know, the baby boomers think versus us and then Generation X versus us and then you know generation z versus us the generation that's after us but 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 first let's start with the baby boomers that means the people in 1950s right uh like uh 1940s 40s uh who came uh who were either you know around adolescent age during the great the great world wars or people who were born when people started coming back yeah uh I, i feel personally like just the experience is different like uh, they people really didn't have. Let's say we're talking about perspective and validation. Re- you really didn't have to impress people as much as you feel now. Back then, in we're the forties, thirties, fifties, ourselves. We're not consistently posting pictures of ourselves on media. Likes which, were not a thing. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people come up <laughs> now feeling like they need to search and uh, seek other people's validation yeah. versus just you know twenty, thirty, forty years ago. And I feel like that that's a big part of it. Like, there is an intense amount of pressure on young people now that was, wasn't present, you know, yeah. 100 years so, ago. So, do you feel like, do you, I'm going to ask you guys all this, do you feel like the world is very uh, smaller than it was back then? In the scope of, you know, uh, because you said that, you know, you don't re- they didn't really need this validation, but the reason why they didn't really need, feel like they needed these validations from so many people that they didn't connect, they didn't connect with these, all, all, all these types of people. So yeah, like me, like, I know it's possible if I wanted to, but I'm not weird. I like hanging out with people that I could see every single day. But if I wanted to, I could talk to somebody in Russia now. I, I, can, I, I could talk to somebody in a different state right now. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's easy for me. But, you know, I feel like the, the baby boomer, baby boomer uh, generation, 30s, 40s, and 50s, they didn't really get that chance because their world was so big. You know, it was like, okay, how I, how I talk to somebody in Russia, I had to give me some money, save up, and fly out to Russia. I pen pal yeah. people in Russia. But then it was Wait, the 50s, maybe. so we wasn't even messing Two. with Russia. Yeah. I wanted Three, to say four, uh, this as months. far as the, uh, the question in general about how baby boomers view mental illness what I also have you know picked up on is that uh, they also it was an individual thing if they were going through anything it was me you know I wasn't going to talk about it I wasn't going to say anything about it because it was an internal thing that I had to deal with but to answer that question do I feel like the world is much smaller no I just think that our access to other parts of the world is a lot easier yeah and that's what I mean yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mean like you know earth, the earth has you know strength yeah, and size flat. yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah the earth isn't flat but um no I'm just saying that basically you know what you said you know our access to 
you know, parts of the world, is the world smaller now? That's okay. what I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and do you feel like that is the reason why we can contribute to, you know, our different perception and how we view mental illness? Or, or even that word, validation. You know, why, why our, our need for others' validation is so heavy now. Yeah. You know? it, that, that's just how life is marketed to us now. Mm-hmm. Where, let's take it where uh, 50, in the 50s, you know, you could have been a milkman. You could have been a janitor. You could have been a plumber. But now... That was uh, part of the American dream, actually. Yeah, Ex- exactly. exactly. Yeah. You could find your, your validation or your, your sense of worth in your job. Yeah. Or, you know, it, now... It, it, it came without... family. Yeah, yeah, it came without... Oh, your dad's a plumber? Wow. Yeah. Your dad's a janitor? Oh, y'all must be poor. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Now you uh, you almost have to fit this this theme of success, whereas right. in that time, you just had to build it. Yeah. And you now, since the, I guess they've built success, now you just have to fit that conform. box of it. You it, have to conform to it. Whereas, from yeah, a young age. You yeah. know, it's it's yeah. no longer you need to be successful in your 30s or your 40s. You need to come yeah. out of the womb. You got to be a millionaire at 19. Is. Why do you yeah. think With Lil millions? Tay out here doing that oh crazy stuff? Good Lord, that girl man. is probably 12, 11 years old. She's nine Younger years old. Than that. She's nine. Apparently. You know, and I just, that's, you know, it's proof of what you just said that, you know, we come out of the womb wanting to please people. Right. So what what I, about, uh, oh, no, no, say what you have to say. Um, I, I, I just thought of um, August Wilson's Fences. Mm-hmm. It's set in the mid-50s. And it made me think of maybe it's that we have um, a better way of articulating what it is that we're experiencing more than the people in, in the, the, the baby boomer generation did because if you if you think about uh, and for those who are familiar with the play if you think about Rose in the big climactic scene where she finally tells Troy everything that's been bubbling inside of her for the last what 10 20 years yeah, how long that was the most married? emotional scene you know yeah. and these are things that are like mind-boggling and plays on self-esteem, you know, because she, she mentions to him how she buried herself inside of him and waited to bloom and it didn't take her however many years to realize that the flower was never going to bloom. You know what I'm saying? Like all of this plays on your, your mentality and your mental health and your emotions, but it took something as, as, as big and, and hurtful to the yeah. relationship for her to finally articulate that, yeah. say that and let him know that you know this was Troy 20 years in her yeah this was mm-hmm. 20 years right. in the making mm-hmm. she she reached back 20 years at the inception of, of the marriage and was grabbing stuff that had been mentally attacking her and assaulting her yeah like, and, and that was the whole it's the whole point of it it's just you know there's things that we we bottle up and we ignore and like you said it takes things of the extreme to happen until we have to realize it and combat it and want to combat it in some way and in some sort unfortunately it's too late too late and I, I I really love fences because that that could be the perfect answer to you know the first part of the question when comparing us to baby boomers because like you said that was that same time period and it was even hard for you know women 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 of color in that period because they were so oppressed to the fore- fact that they didn't even have a voice no. you know Rose didn't feel comfortable telling you know Troy you know how she felt until it got to the moment to where like you said she was so hurt that she felt like she had to yeah. now how do you guys feel about the generation? ex people 
and the micro generation uh and basically those generations are like our parents how do you think they feel about mental illnesses versus us do you feel like they're still kind of like attached to the baby boomers philosophy of like hey you it's fine get over it or do you feel like they they kind of are more lenient and they kind of understand us a bit more i i feel that it's a, a bit of a middle ground because they were raised by a, a baby boomer generation <laughs> they still carry some some of those characteristics or traits of the you know get over it type of thing but at the same time when you you're raised in a system or by a system that doesn't necessarily work you come to realize on your own okay this doesn't work for me mm-hmm. so i'm not going to force what doesn't work for me onto somebody else yeah. so in some aspects i think that they are a bit more understanding mm-hmm. because of what they've experienced like okay this is a real thing in me this is a real feeling in me so i i know i can identify with my kid in this yeah because i know i know feelings are real but it, now it's just combating it. yeah I and think, yeah. and sometimes when when it's a new idea people don't necessarily know how or have the strategy to like deal with it yeah. Yeah. so if something that you don't know how to deal with or because acknowledging that you don't have the skill set to deal with something can be a very vulnerable thing mm-hmm. so in instead of of looking definitely like, yeah, as parent. a parent mm-hmm. incapable of handling something a lot of times we just don't deal with it yeah. We, we push, push it to the wayside. We yeah. Push, yeah. We so push it back. parents can acknowledge that their kids are feeling a certain way, but not have the skill set to deal with it. So they don't. They don't. They don't they touch don't, it. Yeah. Like I see you. I see you. You're doing great, sweetie. I, I think a lot you. of them kind of just wish they did. And I and I hundred as far as that question is concerned, I hundred percent agree with you on that. I think uh, the baby boomers, you know, they you know acknowledge or they knew that you know mental health and mental illness was a thing, but then you have the next generation of, of folks that came in and it's like okay they realized it now it's kind of a way of trying to learn how to fix it or move around it in some way and I feel like that's a lot of times what they tend to do is try to get move around depression yeah. or move around mental illness and bipolar let's you know let's go to church or let's kind of you know let's go out to eat yeah, let's so, talk about it without yeah. talking about it Let, yeah. let's do that let's kind of move let's around. pet it on his head yeah I, let's I'll, pat I'm, it I'm on gonna, the back I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna take one thread out of the carpet in the middle of the room that has a big pile of trash underneath it yeah i'm gonna take a thread out of the carpet yeah that didn't do anything <laughs> I, I think a lot of uh, our parents they'll, they'll gift us instead of speaking to us Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they may buy you something to kind of take away that that the immediate idea of it, but the underlying issue is never addressed. Yeah, and so I it's feel, yeah, almost like a pacifying mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, so it's not that they're completely ignoring us like the baby boomers did with them. It's the fact that like I don't know what to do, so I'm gonna just Crazy. give you what I think you want. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head with the, the vulnerability. Where uh, that that's I feel is where a lot of the stigma originates with dealing with mental health is is that you know to identify with that and to address it you got to relinquish some 
form of control. Yeah, you you have to dismantle pride completely. Exactly, a lot of people are not comfortable with doing that. That that is definitely black men. Yeah, because we we live. Go ahead, go ahead. And that's what I was gonna say. A lot of the things that we that we find our parents going through, and a lot of things that we go through ourselves, is the first thing we think about when we feel some type of way is, I don't want to think I'm doing too much, or I don't want to make it a big deal. Our immediate thought is to invalidate our own feelings. Yeah. That is our immediate thought. That is that is an unfortunate thought. Yeah. It's immediate. So in in that that alone will halt our own processes of yeah. finding the help that we need because in times we don't even feel like our feelings are enough to even talk about it. You know? And I feel like once that's one of the biggest things you have to break down is understanding that it's not about you blowing it up at this point. You have the right to feel how you feel. Absolutely. Now let's get through it. Yeah. Let's see why you feel this way. What What about this situation is making you so sensitive to certain things that happen around you? You know. So that's what I was like. For me, it was the um, it was and it is because it it's you know it's, it's a process to work through it. You know, you don't ever actually arrive at, oh, I know how to combat mental health. You know, yeah. <laughs> as, as long as you're living, yeah, you're, you're going to be going through that's life. this entire yeah, process. I'm, I mean, I don't want to sound like a baby boomer, but you know, that's Yeah, but you, you're like, going to go through the, you don't, you don't ever get to a place where you have a monopoly on <laughs> mental health. Yeah, you, you know? got it figured out. Like, yeah. I have achieved yeah, my you, apex. You never, I am. Yeah, you never ever figure it out. <laughs> I got this thing um, but for me, it was, and it is sometimes... Uh, looking weak, you know, yeah. and weakness well, can be frustrating. Yeah. Definitely to the black man, yeah. weakness can definitely be frustrating. And it, it it's it's it pisses you off when, you know, as as a person, you're like, oh, well, I know I'm not weak for wanting to talk about what it is that I'm feeling and experiencing. It's the people around mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and here we go back to validation, whose opinions I value, who would look at me Different. and deem me weak. Because I have the courage to articulate what I feel. Mm-hmm. And see, you hit that, that is another point where you need to, we need to do away with this idea that feeling depressed or going through this is a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength to be able to admit that and be Absolutely. willing to run head first into your solution. Yes. Whereas, in my opinion, and I feel it is the truth, it is a sign of weakness for you to bury that and be afraid. Yeah, because it's an easy way out. Exactly. Yeah, it's a cop out. Yeah, it's just, it, I'm like, not going to It takes strength to, like, speak to something, yeah. period. Yeah. The first thing they, they, they want you to do in, like, what, Alcoholics Anonymous? Mm-hmm. I'm so-and-so, and I have a blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, or any 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 you, you program that you want problem. to get over an addiction. Yeah. I'm Javon Butler, and I have a smoking problem. I don't smoke. I'm just using. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll make a disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> you have to speak to it if you're gonna want to, at least try, to overcome it. Yeah. And when you guys start talking about um, kind of putting our emotions under the rug, I kind of you know. Uh, hiding our feelings, I feel like um, a lot of people, you know, that that's what battles, uh, what people battle with the with religion a lot these days. Uh, concerning that, you know, they feel like you know religion plays a big part. And so one of our one of my last questions about uh, mental health is, uh, how do you guys feel religion has affected our perception of mental illnesses? Well, I I think that, like like uh, so like 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 here's an example. You know, let's say a man who's schizophrenic. You know, 
and but he's a Christian. How do you feel like his religion or you know the doctrine can uh basically change his perception about his real mental illness? I feel like there's two sides, but I want to hear you guys' opinion. Well, in in some ways, um, and it is very like because Christianity is so big, not. All of us believe the same way or believe the same exact thing. <laughs> yes. Um, some of us have the tendency to just smear Jesus Christ on everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a bad day. Yeah. L- using like uh, what's that medicine your grandma would always say if like it's some neosporin. Uh, neosporin or um, some take a uh, what is it? Come on, some robotussin. Yeah, yeah, you got hit by a car. Oh, take some robotussin. Take some robotussin. You know, you you chop your finger off. Take, take some, some robotussin. Take some robotussin. You know, and and while as a Christian you look to Jesus Christ as the author and the finisher of your faith, like the example we talked about before, with the the tree. You know, God gave us trees. He didn't give us houses. He didn't give us a boat. And he didn't give us paper. It's up to us to take the resource that he's given us and use it to our advantage I for what we need. You know what I'm saying? So if God gave somebody the intelligence to make all these discoveries about the human body, about the mind, use that resource to your advantage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he can be schizophrenic and, 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 and be a Christian, yeah. but let's not, let's not use Jesus as, as a, a dismissal. Mm-hmm. Alright, unless and and I hate when you know even some evangelics they'll you know make that person seem like it's a demon talking to him. Yeah. It's a, like like or you know it's the spawn of Satan himself. Like you know people have real issues. Like you know trauma can affect people in certain ways to where they actually react in different. They're, they're subconscious. Like yeah. and and like they can't do anything about that. They can't do anything about the voices that are in their head. And that's just one you know instance uh, when talking about that. But I totally agree with you when um no, people a band-aid yeah we band-aid concept we're just gonna pray about it and it's just like if prayer is powerful you know i will be the first person to say that because i believe it you know yeah. what i'm saying but prayer i found it was so much more powerful when i when i got up off my knees and i got on my feet come on Frederick, and i decided to do something yes. about what it is i was praying about you know, because God is taking care of me within the spiritual realm. Mm. He's taking care of me in my spirit. But what am I going to do to to, to solidify my walk? Yeah. What am I get within the people around me? Yeah. What am I going to do to make sure that my light still shines yeah. around the people that I'm with? You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I feel like it's just one of those ways, You like y'all said, it's just a, a dismissal yeah. to, you know, want to just cancel out anything that you're going through with, okay, we're going to pray about it. Throw some holy oil on it, it's going to be good. Yeah, that's it. You know, um, Frederick Douglass said, I'm not going to get the quote, like, absolutely 100% right, but he said, I prayed for 20 years and didn't see the result of my praying or something to that effect until I learned how to, to pray with my feet. Some, It was something like that. But he said something like that, okay? <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> um, do your research. Yeah, do your research. We're going to post it on the E2 podcast page. Yay. The quote, of course. Um, but faith without works is dead. Period. And if you're gonna use, if, if Christianity is gonna be your belief system and the faith that you adhere to, then that's gonna have to be a building block of your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, faith without works will always be dead. It's always been dead. You know, you can't believe in something 
and then not do anything about it. Because if you don't do anything about it, do you actually believe it? Yeah. Are you or 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 are you in love with the idea of belief? That's powerful. Please elaborate on that. The idea of belief. Like like please cuz there's some people who need to hear that right now. You can say um Okay, for, for, to use myself as an example, I want to act. I would love to be on uh, Broadway. I would love to be in movies. I also want to write. I would love to write several books. I want to write plays. Uh, I want to open my own businesses one day. I want my own bookstore. I want my own jazz club where people can come in and we'll have different nights like poetry night or, or, or a night that, that they go on stage and they play music and different artists go up and paint and show the audience what they've painted in a span of 30 minutes. I want to do all of this. But if I never put my feet to action about it, I'm just in love with the dream. I'm, I'm not in love with actually getting it done. I'm in love with I can tell this to people to make myself look good. The thought of it. Yeah. So people, other people can think, oh, he's really ambitious. When really I'm on my couch eating potato chips watching Mark Povich. He's really, he's really lazy. Yeah, doing absolutely he's nothing. Motivated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in church, we will dance and we will shout and we will speak in tongues. And then get up off the floor after rolling all over the building with your <laughs> almost vomiting, almost vomiting. You know, stepping all on your grandson. <laughs> get up, walk out of the doors. Pick your wig up. Pick your wig up. Get up, walk out of the doors, and still live our lives like we didn't just exhibit the emotions behind what we believe. You know, the hype about it. You know, we. We believe in, in, this, in this, this faith system that says uh, God can do anything but fail and, and he uh, can, 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 can part. Do all things. Yeah, do all, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. And uh, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. And we shout on these things and then we go out and live like we're at the bottom of the barrel. We don't ever actually put any action behind our faith. The Bible also says that God made us the head and not the tail. Mm -hmm. We have the potential of being the head. But there's a difference in between having potential and operating at the level of your potential. If you don't ever act like the head, why would you ever receive the blessings of being the head or be treated like you are the head when you act like a tail? Like a so basically, we can worship God. We can worship, uh, you know, in, we, any religion actually, you know, whether it's uh, polytheistic, monotheistic. We can worship our gods and we can have our belief system, but we have to use that as our drive and not a reason to be complacent. Mm -hmm. We have to, we can't take these views that uh, God ordained us and say that, okay, the earth is damned anyway, so let's not worry about any of our secular problems. Let's not worry about black oppression. Let's not worry about fixing the uh, cure to cancer. Let's not worry about, you know, science or, you know, uh, technolo uh, te technology advancements. Let's not worry about that because, you know, the earth is damned anyway. No, let's not use that to be complacent. Yeah. Instead, let's use that as our drive. Throw the Jesus butter in the garbage can. <laughs> you know, Jesus butter in the garden. Yeah. You can't just smear it and it be okay. You Some stuff he gave you the ability to do. Nobody at three o'clock in the morning because he on your TV talking about he got a prayer cloth. He can see. You know, it's not. It's not gonna you. work like Forcing that. Forcing you. You know. To buy this prayer cloth. Buy it right now. 
it's, it's the same as I want to lose 300 pounds. And I pray about it. Baby girl, God ain't getting ready to help yeah, you. Yeah, you're going to go to sleep and you know, wake up. You're going to 300 pounds. pounds. But if you want to lose that weight, you're going to have to get up, go to the gym, and do the necessary action to do that. To yeah. lose that weight. He'll sustain you in it. Mm-hmm. He'll give you the disciplining power, the strength. You know? And that's what, and, and I feel like me and Andre talk about this all the time. People think, in definitely in the Christian religion, that you know when when God talks about this power, it, it's this holy presence that comes upon you, and He just gives you this chakra or some key, and like He just says, "Oh, here you go. You know, you take that power and you go defeat the great ninja war." And like, no, it's not that. I, it, your power is in your perception when you're a Christian. That's what, and, and Jay said that earlier in this episode. That's why we we could use Christianity as the push and pull to cure our depression. It, it's not a, a, a handicap. No, it, it wasn't made to be that. It was made to be our drive. Yeah. And that's it. I, I'm glad that you brought up uh, perception when it comes to the Christian faith because the Bible even says that we don't, we don't pay attention to what's temporal. We pay attention to the things that are not because what we see will like one day not be here Mm -hmm. you know you can't give much thought to a flower that's going to wither anyway we place our attention on things that are divine you know we walk by faith not by sight so if my perception if i look at a bad situation and i just perceive it to be bad and i wallow in the negativity of it then that's all you're going to get out of it but if i look at that 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 negative experience and i switch my perception and i'm like okay what can I glean from this? Glean from this, because if I adhere to the Christian faith, and I also adhere to the scripture that says all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, so there's some good in this for me. So if I switch my perception to looking for the good, then I'm not going to wallow in negativity. I'm going to be standing in positivity. And we've said we're saying all of this, but trust and believe. We know it's easier said than done. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. just yeah. have to start. Yes. Start. Somewhere. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing. And I is, feel like that's the you know, that's the thing too. It's like it's so it's so easier said than done. You know, of course it is. You know, is of course once you feel like you didn't you know, you done dug yourself in such a hole, you look up, you realize it's no way out. Yeah. You know, you you think it is no way out. But just start digging. Yeah. Just start getting out. Start Don't somewhere. worry about how you gonna get out. Don't worry about who gonna be up there when you get out the hole. Who waiting for you to get out that hole? Just start getting out that bitch. I mean, yeah. Think. Yeah. Think. You know, it's it's always easier in theory than in practice. Yeah. Yes. But we can look at people who have arrived at this level of, you know attaining this great thing wisdom you know right you know um not to say that that once you reach a certain level then you've made it because no you will never ever ever in this life arrive anywhere because the entire thing is a journey Mm -hmm. even death is a journey exactly so you will never ever arrive so let's let's kill that okay kill kill the idea that you're gonna arrive anywhere in life because it's always gonna be a journey but like jade said start somewhere start and once you begin, you already was, man. Yeah, you you exactly. you're a, a miles yes. ahead of where you were previously. Yes, and uh, just my ending opinion on this is especially about religion. Uh, the the core, the building blocks with religion teaches, especially Christianity, in my opinion, 
it's so much more beautiful than the pra- what's been in practice in my opinion what the church has become what religion has become we talked about all these things where you have these problems and people are more willing to sell you something disguised as you donating to the church when you really being sold a dream then you know actually giving you the tools to better yourself yeah. uh javon you quoted some beautiful scriptures that yeah. i haven't uh been in touch with but it moved me and just uh inspired me to get more in touch with my uh, religion <laughs> because there are some things that are written that should touch you more than somebody just having that book in their hands and you thinking that because they say they know this book that you sh- you can take whatever they say you need to be more in, tor- in touch with the word itself because uh just like when we talk about praying i feel like praying can be so useful with things like mental health or with anything because more than you having a conversation with god because at the end of the day does he ever truly speak back to you it's really more of an ability or a thing for you to open up with yourself for you to audibly describe your problems, for you to speak it into existence so that you then can now say, how the hell am I going to fix this? How am I going to grow past this? In my opinion, God does not, like you said, he doesn't give you some secret superpower. You are born <laughs> with the power to fix all your problems already. The word, the book itself is what reminds you of that every day, yeah. in my opinion. We all have the ability to fix our problems. You just got to be willing to be open about it, to talk about it, to start moving and like... Javon said, put your feet to action. That, that, is, that is true. So while in to end the question off, do I feel like re- religion hinders it? Absolutely. The religion around it. But at its core, the message, absolutely not. It is there to help you. And, and, and that's beautiful. And I just want uh, to wrap uh, this, sec- this part of the episode up. I just want to tell you guys, if you guys are dealing with any mental uh, illness issues, you know, please go to your nearest uh, therapist. You know, we, if you live in southeast Texas, we have Spindletop and Beaumont. Do not be afraid to speak up. And like, you just don't have to go straight to the psychiatrist's office. Tell your friend, you know, your closest friend. Start telling them your problems. As black men, tell your friends your problems. You know, it's easy for girls, but cry. you know, you know, tell cry, cry to your friends. Nothing is wrong with crying to your friends about your problems. Either if it's really affecting you that much because you know us as black men you know you know we're on watch for suicide more than anybody else sadly that's just you know the statistic and how it is but if you're in the southeast texas area the mental evaluations are free yes they are free they are free so you know please guys talk to someone about your issues just don't let that harbor you and you know Horrid, you're, you're self-conscious. Um, but before we end this segment or this uh, side of the uh, mental health episode, do you guys want anything to say? Mm-hmm. I'll just say that uh, you're right. Especially black men, there is a stigma uh, around speaking on, on your problems. And uh, if you're a minority, if you're somebody who comes from a bad home, you, you experience <laughs> Domestic, the, the domestic disputes from a young age, there's problems like that. Nine times out of ten, you have experienced some form of post-traumatic distress, or you know PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know it's not that's not just a war disease. That's something that everyday people experience yeah, in their yeah. lives from seeing, you know, maybe dad hit mom, seeing a friend lose his life before your eyes, you losing a family member. All of that thing, all of those things can cause problems within you. And please be willing to speak about it. it. There is no weakness in feeling that. There's a weakness in resigning yourself to be that for the rest of your life. Oh, that's so beautiful. If you guys don't have anything else, uh, okay. 
Javon, we usually have our host for the day sign out for us. So just be like, hey, man, like, favorite, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you on the next segment. Cool. Um, all right, guys, that's all we have for, uh, for today. So make sure that you like, you share, you subscribe to the podcast. Um, share with your friends, share with your family, anyone that you feel like needs to hear this, and that's everybody. Make sure that they get to it. We'll see you on the next upload. Bye. Hey.